war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, at 106, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the show, folks, on this Wednesday... January 4th, and it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, let's go live right now, as it unfortunately seems like another unsuccessful vote for speaker-in-waiting Kevin McCarthy. Um, Once again, he does seem to be falling short. The whatever we're calling them, the rebels, the Freedom Caucus, uh, what have you, they're now rallying around this representative, Byron Donalds, who now has 20 votes. Maybe he's going to get more than 20. All right, let's join it live. It's continuing. But Kevin McCarthy is right now at 174. McCarthy. Stewart. McCarthy. Strickland. Jeffries. Strong. McCarthy. Swalwell. Jeffries. Sykes. Jeffries. Takano. Jeffries. Thompson of California. Jeffries. Jeffries. Thompson of Mississippi. Jeffries. Jeffries. Thompson of Pennsylvania. McCarthy. McCarthy. Tiffany. McCarthy. Jeffries. Talib. Jeffries. Takuda. Jeffries. Tonko. Jeffries. Torres of California. Jeffries. Torres of New York. Jeffries. Trahan. Jeffries. Trone. Jeffries. Turner. McCarthy. Underwood. Jeffries. Valadeo. McCarthy. Vargas, Jeffries, 
All right, folks, we're coming to the end here. Jeffries. Right now, Kevin McCarthy has 189. Jeffries has 205. Wasserman Schultz. Jeffries. Jeffries has 206. Donald has 20. Jeffries. Watson Coleman. Jeffries. Weber of Texas. One ninety one. Well short of two eighteen. Webster of Florida. McCarthy. Winstrup. McCarthy. Westerman. One ninety three. McCarthy. Wexton. One ninety four. Jeffries. Two oh nine. Wild. Jeffries. 10. Williams of Georgia. Jeffries. Williams of New York. McCarthy. 195 for Kevin. Williams of Texas. McCarthy. 196. Wilson of Florida. Jeffries. 212. Wilson of South Carolina. McCarthy. 197. Whitman. McCarthy. 198. Womack. McCarthy. 199. Yakum. McCarthy. 200. Zinke. McCarthy. 201. So Kevin McCarthy at 201. Jeffries at 212. The Democrat. And then Donald's is at 20. So Kevin McCarthy right now is still, of the 20 that are voting for Donald's, he, he needs to find a way to get 17 of them. That sounds like a very large number. So I see they show Kevin McCarthy's talking with Marjorie Taylor Greene. He does not have the votes. They're expecting a fifth vote. So Kevin McCarthy at 201. Jeffries, who's the Democrat, at 212. And Byron Donalds, he is everyone of all of the dissenters, the McCarthy, never Kevins, as they call themselves, have all thrown themselves now behind this representative Byron Donalds. He's sitting there with 20 votes. McCarthy has 201 votes. You can, again, you can see where, granted, Fung wouldn't put him over. But, I mean, do they want Jeffries? Jeffries is the, the um, heir to the throne for Speaker Nancy Pelosi. But right now, and there's that, uh, I see him, he's standing in the back, Representative Byron Donalds. He is a rep from Florida. He's sitting there holding, he's got 20 votes. 
McCarthy's got 201. McCarthy needs 17. What, what I also find interesting is, or does McCarthy just need, you know, if Jeffrey says 212 and Kevin McCarthy's sitting there with 201, does, does he just need 12 votes to be at 213? I don't think so. I, I know they were shooting for 218. So he is now speaking with his Lauren Bobart. Um, she's holding out. Gorsuch's holding out. So, hmm. um, someone just voted present. So that brings it down to you just need 217. So Kevin McCarthy would just then need. I, I don't he he still needs 16 votes out of the 20. So that is um, without question a problem. All right, folks, good afternoon at 140. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So this certainly sounds like this is going to go on some time uh, for. Well, I, I until I, I don't know when it's going to go. Actually, we no one does. Uh, at what point, if they think? I mean, Kevin McCarthy seemingly is not jumping off, and he's got the endorsement of President Trump. Um, it is just a a far right faction that don't want him. And maybe right now you're listening and cheering on. Uh, and love it that this is happening. I mean, it's it's entirely possible. There are some people, like I was saying, I, I saw some people saying, you know, McCarthy should be out. He doesn't have the votes. But let's see. Uh, Dave Wasserman, just late twist. Representative Victoria Sparts, a Republican, voted present, deflecting from McCarthy. Non-McCarthy vote now up to 21 so he needed that in order to be at 202. I think he means, oh, defecting from McCarthy. So now the non-McCarthy votes are up to 21. Okay. Governor McKee's office says his state of the state is set for Tuesday, January 17th. I don't know what to mean. I mean, what, are we supposed to be excited? I mean, just more of this nonsense? Let's see. Zach Taylor, what he's telling the team. This is the coach of the Bengals. You have to move forward as a team because there's a game Sunday. But at the same time, you don't have to move past the situation that matters supporting DeMar Hamlin's recovery. Now, you also have the split screen. Right now, President Biden is in Kentucky with Mitch McConnell. And on CNN, the Chiron is house in chaos in chaos as Biden and McConnell tout bipartisanship, the Senate and the president. That's interesting. Now, let me just see this from Washington. Cicilline asked a question I haven't seen answered. There's a lot of things that require the Speaker of the House to be elected, said Rhode Island Representative David Cicilline. I was sort of wondering just now that that magnometers at the entrance house chamber were removed under what authority? I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that or why that would be important. All the no votes for the third round are accounted for. McCarthy has gained no votes, so he's not gaining anything. Uh, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, once the ambulance left the field and I had a chance to go talk to Sean McDermott. 
first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital with Damar. At that moment, Zach said he really showed us who he is. Hmm. This business of Governor McKee will give his state of the state on the 17th and then his budget on the 19th. I, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be news if there's anything other than the norm of what seemingly is, uh, of which there's, uh, you know, I, I will pay attention when there's any talk of making the state more business friendly or if there's any talk of cutting taxes. Now, this tweet, Manu Raji, Representative Tom Emmer, the number three Republican, just told me when asked if there'd be a fifth ballot to vote now, I think we're going to talk about that. Asked if it's been decided, I don't think so. So they may not go. McCarthy fails to win over any dissenters in the fourth vote. Will they move to a fifth or adjourn? Well, that, that's what needs to be decided right now. Kevin McCarthy has lost fourth vote for speaker. Day two of GOP chaos. I, I, I like this one. George Santos sat by himself on the Republican side of the House, largely keeping to himself and looking at his phone. Santos is the one that he completely, uh, well, he embellished and lied about his background. Trump's reendorsement of McCarthy hasn't moved a single vote yet. Well, one moved in the opposite direction, that that representative that voted present and didn't vote either way. So, all right, right now, folks, it's 119 on this Wednesday. Right now, it's not raining out. You could certainly take a ride and go see Marie at It's My Health. Are you on Menden Road in Cumberland right now? Well, you could see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. Tremendous selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies. Local, great local products. Ice, honey, maple syrup, bee fresh gum. Maybe you haven't been feeling well. You know, there's a lot of flu around. There's a lot of COVID is still around. Pop into It's My Health. Also, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce. Plus, hemp and CBD products. It's My Health. Now, folks, it's Wednesday afternoon, and right now it's 1.20. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. You want to make sure that you are as healthy as you can be. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. This portion of the John DePietro Show on this Wednesday, January 4th at 121. Folks, it's brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say, when your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Do you have an appliance That's not working properly. You know who can repair it? Our friend Ryan, 401-710-7096. Is your washing machine working okay? Or your dryer? Or your dishwasher? Or your stove? Or your oven? Or your microwave? Ryan's Appliance Repair, 
All work guaranteed, 90 days, parts and labor. Saturday appointments are available and senior citizens discounts are available. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 122. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com. This portion of the John DePetro Show on this Wednesday, it's also it's brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Pop in and see our friend John Francis, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket, where it's firearms, ammo, accessories. And maybe right now you're getting some bills coming due from Christmas shopping. Maybe you'd like to be a little more liquid. Well, one thing you can do is you could either sell it outright or sell it your firearms on consignment with John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Pop it and see him, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. It's the last exit in Rhode Island off of 95. It's exit 2A, Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. Right now it's 123. The uh, chaos continues. They have now been through a fourth vote and they still don't. Kevin McCarthy still does not have the votes to become the Republican speaker. If anything, he lost kind of a vote. It's now 21 votes. So you have 20 voting against him when one person chose not to vote. So right now, it it seemingly is up in the air on exactly what they're going to do. But make no mistake about it, the Democrats are all united. But the problem is certainly on the Republican side. Now... The question is, do do they continue? They failed on the fourth ballot. So does he continue to try to go forward? Does he have a path forward? That remains unknown. Now, I also just want to touch on some of these other headlines. Uh, Mitch McConnell, as we said, is appearing with President Biden. Longest serving Senate leader. New MAGA rep fights rival over witchcraft accusation. That doesn't sound good. Um, You have that George Santos sitting alone. Jack Smith returns to USA weeks after becoming Trump's special counsel. Big decision looms for Fulton County investigation. Uh, President Trump apparently wanted rigged election trademarked. Awkward first day at office for that new uh, New York congressman. Now, Damar Hamlin's collapse and mental health concerns are facing the NFL. With heavy hearts, players go back to work. Hmm. The um, mask mandates return to New Jersey schools. People are going to fight over that without question. DeSantis enters New Year in national spotlight. He's ready for it. He's ready for it. He is, um, this could be his time. This could be his time. I didn't know that about the trademark. 
through funny. That's on the Drudge Report. Um, they call him the Don. The Don wanted rigged election, trademarked. Oh, the New York Post has the story? I believe they do. New York Post. Jared Kushner said Trump wanted to trademark rigged election after the 2020 loss. <laughs> Former President Trump wanted to trademark the phrase phrases rigged election and save America. After he lost his bid 2020, according to his former top advisor, Jared Kushner, according to the transcript, this was March 31st of last year. The chief of staff, Dan Scavino, sent Kushner an email November 9th stating POTUS wants to trademark own rights to the term Save America Pact in rigged election. November 9th was the Monday after Election Day, two days after the media outlets called the race for Biden. Krishna forwarded Scavino's request to a group that included his brother-in-law, Eric Trump, tasking them with registering the terms as soon as possible, securing appropriate URLs. When the president's son learned the campaign had already registered the URL for Save America PAC, campaign suggested simplifying the phrase to Save America. Krishna denied knowing why President Trump, now 76, made the request to what the trademarks would be used for. I was given a request, sent it to people, blah, blah, blah. The copyright request likely had financial motivations as they came the same day they filed paperwork creating the Save America Pact. So, well, folks, the anniversary is coming up on Friday, trespassing day. Now, this is interesting. This George Santos, New York Post, admitted stealing checkbook in Brazil to buy clothes. That, that guy. Um, oh, let me hear this. Shannon Sharp had a tense exchange with Skip Bayless over his Hamlin tweet. I, I'm sure that some of this is show, but I still wouldn't mind hearing it. Let me hear this. Um, Shannon Sharp. Uh, let's see. Let me hear this. Okay, just for a minute. Into speculation or conjecture, innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Um, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never... Let me jump in a little bit here. Oh, here we go. I'm going to take it down because okay. I stand by okay. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me... All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead, let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. You well, could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me. I, 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 I was going to bring up. No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where Demar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your, not get into your uh, uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay. I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No, clearly the boss. Ah, <laughs> uh, let me hear where he interrupts him. I didn't want it. Well, yep. Time out. Come out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by what I tweeted. All right, folks, it's 129, JR, 30 seconds. This portion of the John DePietro show, right now it's Wednesday. It is. January 4th at 129. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Lodge. Let's send it back. We're going to take a quick break and send it back to JR. 
You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. As soon as local propane company delivers. Last time that took three days. At least it's not as cold as inside. I'm propane man and I got a plan. I'm going to help you with your gas. If your service is lame, we don't play that game. We're going to be there in a flash. If your heat is out, just give us a shot with a company you can trust. Bernaline makes it never keep it a green. You can always count on us. Propane Plus. Propane Plus. Propane Plus. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM News Talk WNRI Show it's AM 1380 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, depetro.com. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing. Ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button. And remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. And remember, with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, 
equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's Wednesday. It is January 4th. Folks, we have a uh, big program in store. Obviously, all eyes continue to be, well, a couple places. One on that Buffalo Bills player seems to be showing some signs of improvement. But all eyes are on Washington, D.C. I think, um, I don't understand the strategy of what these uh, members of the Republican Party are doing, other than people get caught in a rabbit hole. Uh, this isn't fun and games. You know, I noticed last night on, on, on Fox, uh, all three of the majors whether it was Tucker Carlson or certainly Hannity and Laura Ingram, what what's the end game here? Where does this go? The longer this drags on, there's no investigation. There's nothing solved on the border. There's no investigations into the Bidens. Um, this, this, where's the the off ramp? Um, I I understand, but there are these people still maintaining, and and I think it becomes dangerous. Is there is there really something against Kevin McCarthy? If not, then who? He's the only one right now that can get all the votes. Now, unless there is some kind of a plan to the side, which could be not ruling anything out, is there someone that is off to the side that everyone is willing to rally around who just has not emerged because perhaps that individual is just saying, I I don't want to make a move while Kevin is still, you know, going for it. And until he says, that's it, I'm out, I'm not going to try to be speaker that it just, um, you know, goes to the side. Now, closer to home, folks, I want to tell you, the Governor McKee inauguration, a little less than overwhelming. I think it's kind of what we expected, which is you're going to have a very low profile behind the scenes. Governor McKee was out there initially, and then he didn't like his interaction with the media. Then it was the campaign. Since then, he's really been kind of absent. I think you're going to have a type of... uh, I think we're getting a sense. Governor McKee, he just he just won. He's the governor for the next four years. I think he's going to be, you know, very behind the scenes, almost uh, low profile, maybe even a period of time, no profile. Um, and, and perhaps feels that many times uh, some of the problems that have come up have simply because, and I, I don't agree with this, by the way, but it's almost as if that the McKee people feel part of the reason is he's too accessible to the media. And and that is changing. That certainly has changed. You've only really seen him less than a handful of times since he he won the election in November. He he was a little bit visible because of the whole situation with the people that were camped out in front of the Rhode Island State House. But other than that, I think that's more of an indication of the type of administration you're going to see from Governor McKee, which is um, I don't want to say like hidden from. From view, but it's he's been there. Uh, he feels that things are going fantastic. He, I, I get the sense he's going to do a lot behind the scenes and he's going to make it. I think what they want to do, and I understand the strategy, but they feel that 
if if he's too accessible when he says something, it doesn't resonate as much. So I think they're going to try to execute less is more, uh, much less Governor McKee. So when he does speak and do an interview, it they feel it's going to be that much more powerful because it's not something that that is the norm. I, I'm not convinced that, that we're going to find out. I mean, he did he did just win a four year term. He gets to serve four years. Obviously, he has the FBI thing to the side. But by and large, uh, he is the governor. All right, folks, it's Wednesday. Much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today. Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren, take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Petro.com. Joining us right now, Happy New Year. It's a new year. He is a columnist of the Boston Globe. It is on. And Dan, uh, first of all, the Globe is just <clears throat> filled with tremendous, a lot of obviously political, kind of political news, but not really news, but just coverage. Uh, but let's start off. The Globe has full coverage of Governor McKee and his, finally, he gets inaugurated for a four-year term. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm not sure what you thought of, of his speech. I actually thought both he and, to some degree, Mayor uh, Mayor Smiley in Providence, both, I was a little surprised that their speeches were kind of less about their vision for the future and more, almost sounded like vi- like repeat victory speeches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, you could you could argue over the, uh, you know, the style that is given there and stuff like that, but... I do think it speaks to a challenge that uh, especially this governor has going into 2023, which is I'm just not quite sure what he stands for. Um, you know, he, he talked a little bit about education in there and wants to, you know, has this goal that he you know, kind of set on a whim to say, uh, you know, what we're going to get to Massachusetts numbers by 2030. Uh, remember, that was he threw that out in his victory speech. Uh, in, in, you know, when he won in November, he, this was not a point of conversation at all on the campaign trail, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm still waiting to see that sort of plan for what the next year is going to look like. We'll get a little bit of a sense in the budget in a couple of weeks. But, but you know, it, it's more than just what, you know, what's on the, the lines of the budget, right? I want to know how you're going to do it, how you're going to. And then I think you have to answer the questions that. We all have, particularly when it comes to education, how are you going to deal with the public employee unions, things like that. 
We just haven't seen that strategy really start to play out yet. Obviously, it's early, um, but the, the, this is a governor who, again, it hasn't really been around very much since getting elected, comes out with a speech that is not exactly you know, the vision for Rhode Island that you might have expected. So we're still kind of left waiting to figure out, you know, where he is on all the big issues. Hey, McGowan, when you talk about education, you know, you're exactly right. Number one, he got the endorsement from NEA Rhode Island. I, I haven't heard of any dramatic change that, you know, going to involve how they get involved. But the, the big education story right now is what we're seeing play out in Providence. And that's going to get pretty ugly over the next six months. So it's... It's his 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 quote vision. It, it just seems kind of void of of reality of like of what's happening. As one person said to me, that that's not boots on the ground. That's that's not what's taking place. No, and this is a governor who should be who should have been prepared because again, the, you know, this is somebody who it's not like it's Ashley Kalis or even if it were Helena Folks, you'd say, well, you know, they're 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 still new. They're still learning the building. They're right. still learning everything. The governor had, you know, 18 months, 19 months leading into this um, as the governor. And, uh, and I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I've been saying this for, for months now that the, I think one of the first big challenges this governor has is to uh, negotiate a teacher's contract with, with the Providence Teachers Union. I mean, if I'm Brett Smiley in Providence, I'm going to keep, you know, talking about how Providence schools need to be fixed, but I'm I'm relying here on the governor uh, and the gov and the, the Department of Education to actually come up with a contract that can work. Um, we just haven't seen anything of substance when it comes to that. I mean, it, it, it reminds me of uh, I remember that that you know the year of Merrill Orza having his big fight with the teachers union, and all he said over and over was, "We need a transformational contract." We would get a little aggravated with him because I'd say, "Mayor, what does a transformational contract look like?" And he'd be very—he didn't want to negotiate in public, right? That was his—that was his shtick, and he, you know, argued that it, it wasn't actually helpful if he if he explained everything that he that he wanted. Um, you know, I wonder if you're going to get the same thing here, but we just we haven't seen even even compared to. You know, the Gina Raimondo, Angelica Infante Green sort of initial contract negotiations, at least they didn't get anything they wanted, but at least we knew what they wanted. That's right. Uh, uh, now, we, we, we honestly don't know. I, I don't know what the big issue that the governor made. Maybe there's nothing, in, in which case I think that would be a, a huge concern. Maybe he just wants to get a contract done. Um, my guess is, he, you know, the way he's speaking, he wants to see more than that, but you know, again, he needs to articulate that, and that's not a budget problem, right? That's not a, a a thing that you go to the state of the state or the you know you give your budget in a couple of weeks and you say you know well, we're carving out X number of dollars for a teacher's contract. No, the money's built in there. We need to actually see policy change. Um, you know, that's not voted on by lawmakers. This is a contract, and so uh, it'd be really interesting to see how we, how this plays out in the next couple of months. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. Nadine, you covered Providence Mayor Angel Tavares. Obviously, you covered the eight years of uh, Mayor Alorza's term in office. I, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on it is it is now reality. It is Providence Mayor Brett Smiley. Yeah, look, I think he – I'll tell you, the, the, the number one thing that I think you're going to see a big difference between him um, and both Alorza and Tavares is – He's very comfortable with kind of what he believes in and is willing to make the case to anybody who, um, you know, anybody who's asking questions. 
Mayor Lorza did not like talking to the media. It was just it was a it was pretty much a fact. He he, he right. had no use for us um, for for the majority of his eight years. And even when he was a candidate, for, you know, for mayor, he his message was I'm not buddy. Um, Angel Tavares was never somebody, you know, he, he, first of all, he had big, you know, big crisis to fill when it came to, yeah. uh, or to address when it came to the, the, the money in the city of Providence. But, you know, Angel Tavares' strategy was, he, he, he wasn't a big, you know, go on the radio guy. He wasn't, you know, sitting down for lots of interviews. He was more accessible, certainly, than Alorza, but he wasn't that much. Um, I, I think you're going to see a different Brett Smiley here. I, I noticed that actually, of all people, it was with the, um, the progressive blogger Uprise, he, uh, Steve Alquist, he asked the question, you know, about, uh, I believe it was at the interface breakfast that, that all the mayor, the mayor, uh, the new mayors have. And there was a question that kind of a you know, loaded question about, you know, do you really think that the city seal should be, you know, in the same place as like re a religion, right? It was one of those kind of questions. Yep. And Brett Smiley said, Brett Smiley answered it directly and said, this is exactly what, you know, the government's supposed to be doing. We don't follow one religion. We follow, you know, we're willing to hear from everybody. And it was just, I, I watched the way he answered the question and I said, boy, that's a, that's a guy who is willing to, you know, answer kind of loaded questions that are, you know, a, a little bit meant to attack. I think he's going to be somebody who's willing to, you know, face the heat. Um, you know, his challenge is, as I, I've always thought this with Brett Smiley, I think he's going to be a competent mayor. He can execute things. The, the, the issue for him is going to be, does he have the kind of emotional bandwidth to handle being the mayor of Providence. You know, how does he handle the first time, you know, a kid, unfortunately a teenager gets shot and killed in the city? Right. You know, uh, you remember years ago he made the glib line about, you know, go stay with your friends in the suburbs. Yes. When came to the, these are challenges that, now he's grown up a lot since then, but these are the things that, you know, being the mayor, you got it. You can't just be kind of stuck in your, you know, your own lane uh, when you're the mayor, especially when you're a white mayor in a, in a city that is, you know, uh, increasingly majority minority. But uh, so far, so good. I think he's ready to come out of the gate. Uh, he, he's got a lot of his team kind of already lined up. Uh, I already, you and I talked about this last week. I'm sensing some level of, you know, jealousy where I think people in the, at the state level, the governor's office are, you know, a little bit put off by the fact that Brett Smiley's getting a lot of positive attention right now. Yeah. So I think that's going to be really interesting to follow as well. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401 
580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. Dan, let's just stay with the city of Providence just for a moment. What was your reaction when we learned why Governor McKee now needs to fill his position at Corrections because she's leaving to take a job with the Smiley administration? Well, I'll tell you a little little bit of behind the scenes on that, which is even maybe even more fascinating, is that wasn't the, you know, the worked in plan. Um, that the city had posted a job for the DPW director. They were going to do, you know, uh, something of a national search to, to try to, you know, go away from what, um, uh, you know, going away from kind of those internal hires. They found out on, you know, I believe it was Monday. It was, it was reported Monday or Tuesday. It was reported that uh, Patricia would be leaving the Department of Corrections. Called her up right away and said, "Hey, we want you to run the, de- <laughs> the Department of Public Works." And she said, "Where do I sign?" Uh, it's <laughs> it shows you that I think there is some level of excitement uh, within kind of government circles to work for Brett Smiley. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's a fascinating move. It shows you how quickly those things can happen. And I know for a fact that on Friday morning when it was announced, uh, the governor's office did get a heads up that it was being announced, but not a very long heads up. It was no. maybe a couple of minutes before it, it went public and broke. And so uh, I, I think that's another sign that you're, you're going to have a little bit of friction there um, because right now for the time being, Brett Smiley is kind of the the attractive person when it comes to, you know, politics. He's kind of the new fresh face. And Dan McKee, a little bit of, you know, continuing the status quo. Dan McGowan, I was telling this to someone. The fact that how much of an impression do you think Gina Raimondo had on Smiley? I mean, she, you know, listen, she the Gina show was very well run. Uh, She she was a very demanding individual. The fact that he became her like go to person all through the pandemic, director administration, I I think that was like a sink or swim. And, and obviously, you know, she she praised him tremendously. Well, I'll tell you this. The, the thing, and you, you're, you're hitting on a really important point. I think what Brett Smiley learned between when he ran in 2014 and when he ran eight years later and now taking over is he, he – he, he's still the same level of kind of lefty liberal that, that he's always been. He, he's much more moderate than, you know, than certainly some of the other candidates for mayor were. But what the thing is, is I think what he learned is how to kind of tone down the rhetoric. Hmm. He learned he learned with the governor where to pick fights and where to not pick fights. And you can't you, the problem that Mayor Lorza had was well, not necessarily that he picked fights, but Mayor Lorza wanted to do a hundred things at once. And everybody at the state house was looking at him and saying, we don't, you know, can you give us a list of priorities? <laughs> what, right. are you, what are you doing? Uh, I think what, I think this is what Tina Raimondo really taught Brett Smiley to, to be pragmatic, to say, Hey, you know, come up with your, your goals, your, you know, what exactly what you want to get done and then leave all the nonsense to the side. You don't have to pick a hundred fights and you can make friends with people today that don't have to be your friend tomorrow, right? There were times when Gina Raimondo and Nick Mattiello, the, the former speaker, you know, were, could, could dine over lunch and cut deals. And then there were times in the press where they were going at it. I think this is the thing that Brett Smiley has learned. It's not it, the, the fight it only lasts today, right? Tomorrow's a new day on everything. I, I think that's how he's trying to act. And by the way, it's a big contrast from a, from the governor who I think holds on to grudges for a really 
long time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Look, eight years is a long time. Even four years, if, if Brett Smiley only serves four years, is a really long time. But right now, I think it is that, you know, he, he learned how to, yeah, be much more pragmatic, I think, from, from Gina Raimondo. And sure, he's going to fight for issues that he really cares about. It's going to make people crazy at times. They're gonna, they, people will say, oh, you're too much of a leftist. And then the lefties will say, oh, you're, you know, you're a conservative pro-business Republican or, or something like that. There, he's always going to have that same fight that Gina had. Uh, the thing is, is he's got a, he had a mandate. He, uh, I think he's got a, a council that is relatively weak right now. Yeah. Um, and I think you have a state house who wants him to succeed, a state house meaning the, the legislature. Sure. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think he has a chance to be a real, a, you know, a real player more so than Jorge Lorza was. Uh, there's a good piece, folks, in the Boston Globe. Rhode Island Housing Secretary fails to submit key reports, expect to shed light in the state housing crisis. Dan McGowan, it's done by uh, your colleague, Alexa. And, boy, th this is not the right way to start the new year for someone that's already been under fire from both the, the Speaker and the Senate President. Yeah, I mean, you think about, <laughs> you've already had to read in the press the last couple of weeks the, uh, you know, what the Speaker and the Senate President think of you, both of them, you know, very upset with, with the way the housing department has played out and the Secretary, uh, Secretary Saul has um, kind of handled himself. And then the first thing you have to do is hit a deadline for a report. Um, it, it, it certainly isn't a great message. And I'll say, you know, the, the thing about this is, is that it's not that the report everybody was was you know uh, uh, eager to read a report by new year you know by january 1st it's it's a, it's the message it sends and when your back is against the wall you already have you know leadership in both chambers you know really frustrated with you and a governor who quite frankly isn't isn't exactly coming to his defense very no. often um it's a bad sign for what the next couple of months are going to look like. And, you know, the housing issue, as we talk about almost every week, it, it, it's a strange one because particularly when it comes to homelessness, you know, you have the next couple of weeks, months where it's going to be cold, it's going to be snowy. You're not going to see as much of a presence of people outside uh, because, you know, the, the beds will fill up at, at shelters. Then you get into the spring, the summer, and we all kind of forget about it. We put our blinders on. People do move outside. It, it becomes, you know, it, it's a distraction, but nobody really thinks about it. But then, right. you know, again, next late October, November, you run into the exact same problem. How are we going to house all these people? Um, you, you would think, you know, given the last two years, really, uh, you would think that the, the housing department and the secretary would you know, really be trying to come up with a plan to avoid that for next year. But it's not off to a good start. Now, Dan McGowan, you also have a piece on uh, Seth Maxina's first day in Congress titled Now He Knows How. And I didn't, wasn't even unfamiliar with who these individuals were, but uh, it, it is uh, amazing what was playing out. All the families are there, first day and so forth, and then this circus that is just continuing right now. Well, yeah, it's funny. I got on the phone with the, tri or with, with the, the representative-elect yesterday, yes. and I said, what is it like? You know, What are you seeing down there? And he, his first thing that he told me was that the uh, his internet wasn't turned on in his office because oh. what you don't get you don't get internet access until you are officially sworn in. Um, and so you know he said it's it's a little bit strange because sure you know you you've had orientation you've made your friends a little bit like the first couple of days of college but 
you literally can't do anything. You don't know what you don't know what committee you're going to be on. You don't know anything about what you're doing. Um, and th there's no real precedent here. You have to go back a hundred years since the last time a speaker wasn't elected on the first ballot. And so it's not like he can say, you know, he can go tap David Cicilline on the shoulder and say, "Hey, what am I supposed to do?" You know, here and there. Uh, and he had a, so he, so he's had a real you know challenge. Like you said, he's got his family down there, um, and there is no sign that they're going to have a you know, a, a, an election today that or that the ballot's going to change in any significant way. This could be a really long time. And he said to me, I might not get sworn in until March. I think, he wow. was, I think he was half joking in that, but it is not out of the question. It, it, at least as we're seeing right now, you know, uh, Leader McCarthy is, is, you know, sticking to his gun saying, I, I want to continue these, continue voting, continue negotiating. Um, and he, he's not willing to back down. And folks, in the globe also, full coverage, handover from Healy, the terrible Celtics blowout, and then obviously all the, the latest now on this uh, Buffalo Bills player that uh, continues to play out in front of the nation. Folks, it may be a new year, but you still have an opportunity to start weekdays the way I do, where you receive Roadmap right in your inbox, has all links to all the top stories. It's prepared fresh each morning. And Dan McGowan, it's a new year. If you'd be so kind to extend that to everyone who's listening. I will, John. I feel like we, we tricked the listeners because we told them it was a Christmas present. We told them it was a New Year's gift. But guess what? It continues to be free no matter what. And Look at that. If you send me a blank email, you don't have to write anything in the subject line, uh, nothing else. Just send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is. I'll sign you up, and you'll start getting all the things that me and John talk about every day. You'll start getting it in your inbox first thing in the morning. Dan McGowan, great job. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you again. Happy New Year, John. Thanks so much. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews. WNRI, Winsocket. 